Self-love is not some airy-fairy, woo-woo kind of thing. Self-love is how do I get the information? How do I create the circumstances and the experiences that allow me to feel the fullness of who I am and create a life and a lifestyle that is aligned with who I believe myself to be, who I know myself to be, and even who I'm interested in becoming in my journey. Let's go! Welcome to Becoming an Epic Being with your host, Sukoon. As an advocate of conscious living, my mission is to help you young adults navigate through the confronting issues of your generation, question conventional beliefs, and choose authenticity, because that is where your true joy lies. Each week, I dive into raw conversations with inspiring guests who have undergone big shifts and are here to offer you the tools to do the same. So get ready to step up your game and jump on the ride as you begin the journey towards the next stage of your self-evolution. If you're someone with big dreams that seem impossible to achieve because your inner critic keeps telling you so, or you have a bunch of ambitious plans spinning in your head, but you keep holding yourself back because of the fear of judgment, then this episode is for you. I think deep down, we all know that we're way more capable than we give ourselves credit for, but there are certain contingencies that just keep wanting us to play small. And my guest, Ross Clark, is here to address that. Ross is a visionary artist, a keynote speaker, a transformational coach, and a dream doula with an innate desire to help people unleash their fullest potential. Now, Ross usually serves high net worth women, but the principles of the stuff remain the same. So this conversation will bring you 30 minutes closer to understanding the nuances of why we get stuck, learning what self-love is really about, and choosing to be the person that makes stuff happen. Ladies and lads, are you ready to own back your power? Let's go. I love the purple hair, my favorite color. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> right? Amazing. How are you doing? I'm doing well today. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm okay. I've paced through the night. <laughs> Sorry. <I'm okay. laughs> but, well, it's lovely to meet you and thank you for sparing the time. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, one of my missions with this podcast is to invite people to share their inspiring and transformative stories. And from whatever I have heard so far, you have one of your own very inspiring stories to share. And I'm very intrigued by the work that you do because, you know, from what I've read, it seems like it is all about helping women tap into the authentic power and reach their potential and live a life that feels like they've lived their dream. And in principle, this seems pretty fundamental, but there are just so many layers to our being and that keep, keep us blocked. And I know you also call yourself the dream doula, which I'm super curious about. So why don't we start with that? So, yeah, so the, the, the way that the dream doula came about is um, my basic philosophy is that our dreams are the roadmap to our destiny. Mm -hmm. And so we are inherently born with greatness in us. We're born with, with um, intent. We're born with purpose. 
And when we're younger, we're so free about that. We're free about dreaming and we're free about being, you know, believing we can become whatever we think of. And then life starts, you know, trying to mold us and trying to get us to conform. And we, you know, we have to slow down or dumb down or play smaller. And the work that I do, I tend to work with high net worth women who feel trapped in the lives that they've created. So they've right. created these amazing looking lives on the outside. And yet on the inside, they're, they're feeling frustrated and unfulfilled and unseen. And so the whole purpose and process of being a doula is giving birth to our dreams. Like we're pregnant with possibility. We're pregnant right. with greatness. We're pregnant with vision. And mm -hmm. sometimes it takes somebody who can come alongside of us and help us breathe through it, help us mm -hmm. push into the direction of our greatness and keep moving forward because sometimes we feel stuck or afraid or overwhelmed. And so that's what the whole birthing process is for the dream. So true. And I love how you frame that. I'm assuming this whole aspect of self-love also ties in this process very strongly. Sure. I mean, we can't do or be anything without self-love. Because again, if my dream, my dream is the roadmap to my destiny, then I have to love myself enough and trust myself enough to lean into what my purpose is, lean into what my calling is. And, you know, so many times, you know, since we're talking about women, it's people in general, but in women, women are looking for love externally. You know, we've been taught that, you know, you, you yeah. get married, you become a, a mother, you, you do all of these things. And yet if we're not true to who we are and we can be Probably all of those enough. things, yeah. yet we have to be true to who we are first. We have to love our gift. We have to love our calling. We have to love our vision. If not, somebody else will dictate who we become. Yeah, that really sums it up, basically. So for someone who's feeling stuck, how can they start to realize their truest potential? I, you know, it's so funny because I actually literally had somebody reach out to me yesterday who, who right. is feeling stuck, right? Mm -hmm. And I actually think that that discomfort is a good thing because we stay mm -hmm. with the metaphor of giving birth to our dreams. You know, you know that you have labor pains first, you have discomfort first. Yeah. And so when you're ready to grow out of the small and limiting vision of who you are, you will start to feel discomfort at first. And so rather than judging how feeling stuck, you know, then the next question is, what is this here to teach me? So what is this here to teach me? What, what is this discomfort here to teach me? And if I were to listen to it, who or what would I need to become to get to where I need to go? Mm. Right. I'm just like processing that because there's very powerful, very powerful words you just shared. Yeah. You know, because a lot of times it's like, I want that. I want, you know, I want more money. I want mm -hmm. a, a better relationship. I want a better job. And so again, that's externally. Yeah, and yet if I conditioning. we're always waiting for the next thing to happen before we can actually try and be that person, but it's actually the opposite. It's the other way around. Exactly. You have mm -hmm. to become that person first. You have to be, become that person 
who knows their worth. You have to become that person who knows their gift. And again, you know, it's not like we're robots and we have everything. And yet I know, like I've always known all my life that I was a dreamer. I've, I've been a dreamer wow. since I was a young girl. You know, I grew up in a working class blue collar neighborhood and yet I dreamed of being an international performer. And so that was my dream. Wow. And most people where I was from didn't do that. And yet I turned 21 in Paris singing with a classical choir. Damn. So trusting that dream, trusting that part of myself allowed me to get to where some people would say, you know, you can't do that. You know, you're not going to be that. There's no way that you can do it. And yet it was like, what else would I do but that? What else would I do but become the best and highest version of myself? That is fascinating because usually mm -hmm. the mind needs some sort of evidence before it has that kind of or cultivates a kind of faith. But the fact that you came from a very different background with a big dream as a little girl and you just had this conviction. So I'm really curious, like where did this conviction come from that you will make it happen no matter what's happening or what people are saying about you? I think for me, it literally, it was my inherent nature that that is a gift for me, mm -hmm. you know, that there was no other for me. Again, there was no other option. It was like, this is what I want and this is what I see. And, you know, um, one of the things I talk about in my work is living a life filled with joy and vibrancy and purpose. And mm -hmm. so that, again, speaks to my inherent nature. And I believe that you attract what you are. So if I'm joyful, I'm going to attract people who are going to join me in my joy. If I'm vibrant, if I'm vibrating on a level that says, oh, this is somebody that I want to be around, I want to be a part of, then I, again, I'm attracting that. And when you know your purpose, like I knew, I knew I was destined for greatness. I just really knew that. And I, I think that a lot of times we as women are very cautious about saying that because there was a time that I would have said, well, I don't want to sound too blah, blah, blah. But you see, I take that off of there. I knew I was destined for greatness. God. That is so powerful. Having that level of self-belief is all you need sometimes. And it's funny again, because even in this context, our conditioning is so flawed because we we think of success as you have to work hard you have to slog it out and hustle and this and it, what you're saying really is all about enjoying yourself and having fun and the vibrancy so do we complicate things perhaps oh my gosh or have we complicated Absolutely. things what's going on oh my on gosh yes <laughs> we totally complicate things you know and and again what i'll say is we we're um in, in being complicated, it's because we're cultivated be, to be a certain way. So again, especially as women, we're cultivated to not take up too much space, to be, to be gracious, to be kind, to be gentle, to be all of those things that may not align with who you are. And, and while you don't have to have as big and energetic personality as I do when even I love, have, by the way, I love your energy sorry just saying that I love your oh, energy thank you yeah. <laughs> thank you and yet you know there are those other people that have that still that mm, still grace that that elegance that that calmness and yet there is strength in that as well so again it's about 
owning who you are, knowing who you are. I'm very much into having a mindfulness practice, you know, so I'm very introspective. I take time to to go inside and to listen and to to learn. And, you know, obviously I've cultivated that over the years. And yet as a young person, even in my faith, I had this childlike faith that God loves me. So if God loves me, God would not give me this, this Uh desire, this dream, unless they wanted me to have it. Interesting. So for our listeners out there, I'm sure there are questions going in the heads right now about the fact that it's probably easy to be joyous when things are going your way. You love what you do. You have your passion and da 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 da. But what about tapping into that state of joy and, and just vibrancy when you're stuck in a really shitty job or you have college exams that you really strained and like, you know, drained by? How do you then like bring out those parts of you that you can enjoy the process? Is that even possible? Oh my gosh, it, it's absolutely possible. And it's a choice. And what I can say is I am the poster child for it. In 2018, I left a toxic and dysfunctional marriage after 30 years. So for 30 years, I was in a toxic and dysfunctional relationship. Well, you know, maybe like the first five, seven might've been okay or whatever. And yet I made a commitment. So I was like, oh, I've got to honor my vows and I can fix this and I can fix him and I can da, 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 you know, and it was 50 shades of crazy. And I, I thought I was okay. You know what I mean? Because I am just inherently joyful. And so even in that, I was just like, I'll just keep showing up as my best self and I know I can help and I can know I can make a difference. And, you know, again, like this faith piece, it was like, oh no, I don't do stress. And my body grabbed hold of me and said, oh no, yes, we do. And so I manifested dis-ease in my body. I manifested an autoimmune disease. And what I know in hindsight is if it doesn't come out of your mouth, it's going to show up in your body. And so as I was going through this process, still being joyful because my joy was a choice, still loving me enough to keep being who I was. And yet finally getting to the point that I loved myself enough to say, it doesn't matter that I made vows. Those vows were not honored for me, you know, so I'm not breaking a vow. I'm choosing me. And so I had to shift my mindset Because again, you know, you grow up for me, I grew up in the black church. And so, you know, God hates divorce and blah, 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 you know, and all of that. And I had to get back to God may hate divorce, yet I know God loves me and God does not want me to stay in this situation a moment longer. And so I will leave. And so again, I made the choice to stay true to who I was during the trials, during the challenges, during 50 shades of crazy. And then I made the choice to grow and evolve and trust that I was made and created for more than what I was doing and, and, and surviving. You know, I was not put here to survive. I was put here to thrive. And so, yes, you can do it during horrible situations. You can do it through devastating challenges. You can do it through whatever comes your way. You just have to choose, choose you every time. Wow. 
from what I'm hearing you say, it does seem like, I mean, our beliefs guide all of our lives in every direction. Some serve us, some don't serve us. And you get to choose the beliefs that actually do serve you, that work in your favor. Yes. It does come down to that eventually, right? It absolutely does. It absolutely does. And again, you know, when you, when you have this relationship with this external God, you know, this God that sits high and looks low and all of that. And yet when you begin to evolve, and for me and my journey was that I began to connect with the God in me, the, the, the God that created me, the divine that is in me. And knowing that I am divine, I am divine. I'm divinely led, I'm divinely created, I'm divinely provided for. When I got connected with that, the internal part of God, instead of this external God that I was praying to and asking him to fix it, you know, and like, yeah. I don't even use that pronoun anymore. It's like, I know that God is all things and in all things and, and that mm -hmm. they love me. Wow, that's amazing. So this question relevant to both the, the audience that you serve, which is women, as well as millennials and Gen Zs who are growing up in this digital construct. Comparison, that's a common thing, right? That women compare themselves all the time. And kids these days are growing up in this construct where they're so prone to comparing themselves with what they're seeing. And that could affect their self-belief and what they're doing and their sense of inner wisdom and faith. What is your advice on like navigating through this and staying away from comparison or managing it better, basically? Yeah, I, I think the first and the most important thing is knowing that what we see on the Internet, online, it's not real. You know, we're watching the highlight reels. We're watching the filtered versions of somebody else's life. And so you're comparing their filter, their camera, their setup, and yet you're not really seeing that person. Yeah. So it's not real. So if you tap into what's real in you, and I know it's easier said than done, mm -hmm. um, and yet that strength and that ability and that conviction to stand, sometimes stand alone until you find your tribe. Um, is trusting that part of you, trusting that listening part of you. So I think that we should teach children a mindfulness practice from the time they can think and sit still, you know, that, that when we turn in, when we go in, that that's what's going to make the difference. That's how we're going to move past the peer pressure, the doubt, the, um, the ugliness that is happening online. And interestingly enough, I really think it's important to look at history. Like most, most young people, and I was the same way when I was younger, it's like, eh, history, that's old stuff. Yeah. And yet if we look at, you know, the history of great thinkers, the history of great people who have achieved great things, who have overcome great challenges, if we look at their lives and their stories, we can find some strength and some commonality within ourselves. So like, you know, read Maya Angelou's, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, you know, read those books that are people who have done great things and even go further back. And that will inform them that they can make it. Because I think 
you know, last point, I think the other thing about this day and age is everything's immediate. You know, how fast can I get it? How fast can I get, you know? And so we're all looking at, we want immediate gratifications and we're not willing to play the long game because we feel like we're falling behind. It's like, child, you're 20. (laughs) You're just getting started. (laughs) True. I think it's also worth diving into this whole um, definition of self-love because again, it's something that's become very heavily misconstrued in today's world. And I'd love to hear from you on what you define self-love as. So first of all, I want to tell you, I love you for asking that question because you're right. It's, we throw out these terms and they don't have a real definition. So the fact that you are taking the time and creating a platform to have a deeper conversation is like, I get tingles. So thank you for that question. And thank you for who you are and how you're showing up in the world this way and having this dialogue. So that part in itself. And so I'm actually going to move to that. The fact that you are of a generation that can say, I'm really interested in having this conversation and I can have this conversation with a woman who's much older than me Mm -hmm. because I'm interested in how she got to where she is and how what she did informs what I do. And so that curiosity, that curiosity around what does it look like and what does it mean to me, that's what self-love is. Self-love is not some airy-fairy, woo-woo kind of thing. Self-love is how do I get the information? How do I create the circumstances and the experiences that allow me to feel the fullness of who I am? and create a life and a lifestyle that is aligned with who I believe myself to be, who I know myself to be, and even who I'm interested in becoming in my journey. That's self-love. Self-love is an exploration. It's, it's curiosity. It's growth. It's awareness. You know, so yes, I, I mean a spa. I love a spa. Yes, give me a massage and some sound like bowls. Like self care rituals, right? Yeah, yeah. Self-care so self care is one one part of it. Self love, and yet that curiosity of how do I navigate? What do I need? What do I need to know, learn, and become to navigate this thing called life? And going after it and seeking it—that's self love. I love how you said that. And thank you for your appreciation. I appreciate your appreciation of how I'm showing up in the world. I think it's also to do with self-acceptance in terms of just accepting yourself or who you are through all your flaws and imperfections. And with that reference point, improving yourself, not just getting complacent by thinking, oh, I am the way I am and this is it because that's just complacency. That's not self-love at all. So yeah, there are a lot of like misconstrued definitions going around and one really has to clarify them. So you help women achieve their dreams by finding themselves and reconnecting with the lost parts of who they were once upon a time? Absolutely. That's so, yeah, you summed it up so beautifully. Um, one of my programs, I have a, 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 co- a cohort. It's a six-week um, intensive mastermind, and it's called Awaken. And it's all about mm-hmm. 
awakening or reawakening to your dreams, reawakening to your passion, awakening those, those latent things, even those parts of you that you've even forgotten about. You know, there are things in us that we thought we were going to be, do, or become, and we yeah. forgot about it. Exactly. Like we totally forgot about it. And so when we get tuned in and tapped into that, it creates this whole energetic experience that allows us to incorporate more of who we are into all of what we do. Mm. And in your experience, what are some of the biggest blocks that people experience? I think one of the biggest blocks is that we value the opinions of others. Wow. Yeah, I think that's the biggest, like, oh, what will they think? What will they say? You know, what will my mother say? You know, what will my family say? You know, I was literally, I I just did a podcast uh, uh, interview before you and I got together. And um, she was saying that when she started her business, she blocked all the people that she knew because she didn't want them to challenge her on what she was doing. Like she didn't feel like she was ready to share that with the world because she didn't want to be judged. And like, this is an amazing woman. So, you know, we all, you know, have these, these, these fears Mm -hmm. of what will other people think? And that's really where, you know, for younger people, that's where, well, even there are bullies in the corporate world. That's where bullying comes from. Mm -hmm. Bullying comes from people saying, wait a minute, if you live your dream, if you show up fully and authentically as yourself, then now I have a responsibility to do the same. So I, I would rather crush you in your efforts than do the work in my own becoming. Mm, wow. Gosh, that's pretty crazy. We think about it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, most bullies are fragile, broken, afraid people. And, you know, and rather than do the work, even to do the healing work, they would rather try to dump on somebody else. And, you know, some of them, it is a personality issue. It's just a, it's a character flaw, personality issue. Some people it's mental illness, whatever. And yet it is still our responsibility, no matter what our diagnosis is, no matter what our circumstances are, it is our responsibility to do the work to become the best and highest version of who we are meant to be. That is our responsibility. Nobody else's. And we don't get to put that on anybody else. I don't care how horrible the situation is. And I know people have lived through horrible situations, you know, and I'm not minimizing that. And yet at the end of the day, the choice is, what are you going to do? You're going to get better. You're going to stay bitter. Which one? Pick Mm -hmm. one. True. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love for us to just go back to this idea of, embodying the state of being for achieving what you want. What does that process look like? Could you just deconstruct it a bit for us to make it easier to understand for our listeners? Sure. So in my work, the first thing, um, when, when my people come to me, the first question that I'm going to say is, you know, who are you? Like really that simple, like, who are you? Who do you believe yourself to be? And then the next question is, who do you want to be? And then we look at the gap between where they are and where they want to be. And then that's when the work begins. How do we, you know, bridge that gap? How do we fill in those empty places? How do we um, 
you know, build up those, those areas of deficiency. And so making that conscious choice of doing the work. So personal growth is an ongoing journey. As long as we're living, yeah, as long as we're living, we have to keep growing and we have to keep evolving. And it all starts with asking the right questions. You know, I love Tony Robbins. He always says, ask better questions, you'll get better outcomes. So rather than asking the question, why does this always happen to me? You know, we ask the question, what do I keep doing? What pattern do I keep repeating so that I keep getting the same outcome? So now we're asking an empowering question that we can begin to do the work around how do you move to that next level? So how do you not get stuck in your story and rather learn how to stand on your story? You know, because there's two ways to tell your story. You can tell your story as a victim mm-hmm. or you can tell your story as a point of, as a launching pad, you know? So I could have told the, the, the victim story, you know, I was in this toxic and dysfunctional relationship and I gave all and blah, 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 you know, all of that. And they didn't and they wouldn't. And, you know, and at the end of the day, my work is to say, Roz, you deserve so much more and so much better. And so release them to the outcomes of their choices and not release them like, you know, well, karma is a bitch and she's coming for you. We're not releasing it that way. We're releasing it to say you get to be whoever you need and want to be. And yet who you are is not who I want to be with. And so when I can do that release and I release them energetically, because as long as I'm still stuck on that story and I have that energy, because, you know, people, they've had something terrible happen to them and they keep telling the same story over and over again. And they tell it like they're living in it in that moment. Validation, yeah. Yeah. So energetically, you are reliving that moment over and over and over again, and you're inviting more of the same to you. And yet when you get complete, and so that's part of the work too, getting complete And I'm not saying you just wake up one day and say, poof, it's over. It's like, what do I need to release? You know, what about this circumstance? What need did this circumstance serve for me? Mm, True. You know, because people who are like, I'm a rescuer by nature. So Mm. I married somebody who constantly needed rescuing. And I was like, da-da-da-da, you know, and it was just like, oh, God. I can't do this anymore. And so that's part of it. So I own my part in it. What was my part in it? And how do I make sure that I don't create that in my life going forward? Yeah, this whole energy thing can get really tricky because if you actually attract who you are, or in your case, the opposite of the energy that you have, then it can get quite a task just like balance all this stuff out. Yeah, it definitely is a balancing act. And so, and again, I think that that's why it's important to have to have coaches that that have walked some of that path, who have done that work, who understand it. Um, you know, and I say all the time, like I, I have coaches, I read all the time, you know, I'm always doing the work and do not, co- do not trust a coach that doesn't have a coach, you know? Ah, interesting you say that. Okay. Oh my gosh. Like yeah, if they're not doing the work, you know, and, and, and that's the other thing, there are so many broken people who are coaching. Yeah. You know, sure. and they're, they're dangerous, Yeah. you know, because like your coaching session in some ways is their therapy session. 
because they haven't done the healing work to really yeah. move forward. Well said, well said. So when you choose or embody the state of who you want to be, I'm assuming that the, that the process of reaching your goals just accelerates, it becomes far more quicker, right? So Absolutely. in your experience of your work, how long does it typically take to reach there when you already decide that you are this person? You know, it, it really de depends on the individual. You know what I mean? There's no one set sure. way to go because there's some people who are like, I, I have somebody who's in one of my, um, one of my uh, starter programs. Cause there's like kind of two levels that the people get to work with me. And some people just are not willing to work with, you know, not ready to work with me at the accelerated level. And so I've mm -hmm. got like this digital, um, digital mentoring course, and yet they still are in a private group and we can interact. This particular person is showing up and playing full out. Like they want it so bad. And I see them growing by leaps and bounds and they're not even in my accelerated course right now. They're trying to work to get to that place to qualify for it. And like, because of their mindset, they're going to, you know, they're going to go so much faster. And then there are other people who, you know, like the high net worth women that I work with, they may be so entrenched in what they believe they have to be or what they have to look like. It may yeah. take longer for them to release some of that to create mm -hmm. the freedom that they need to really become who they need to become because my social status is this, my job title is that, you know, and so finding a way to release what was to, to allow you to become what needs to become. And so again, it's a process and it just depends. I love that. I mean, the more layers of conditioning, the longer it's going to take for you to get where you want to get. So with that, what would be your key message to young adults to say, avoid the same mistakes that we realize halfway through our lives to say that, oops, should have done this better. Yes. Great, great question. And what I would say is two things. One is listen to your inner voice. So again, get a mindfulness practice, learn how to sit still and listen. Listen to a real your... challenge for today's generation, but sure, we'll right, try that. Right. <laughs> and I get it. And yet, if you learn to listen to that inner voice, you will always get the direction that you need. You'll always get the answer that you need. You, you know, it it will show up for you in, in, in ways that feel like serendipity. And yet it is the answer that you were asking for. And the other thing is be gentle with yourself. You know, mm. failure is just information. Failure is not the end of the world. Be willing to fail. Be open to failure because if it is information, what, what have you learned from this? How have you grown from this? So don't judge yourself, love yourself. And like, and I'm not saying that lightly. I am saying that with so much love and so much compassion. Do not judge yourself. If you fail, love yourself enough to say, what was this here to teach me? and love yourself enough to know that you're asking that question is part of your growth and it's part of your journey. And it is so part of how much the world needs you, the best and highest version of you. So don't get hung up on, like you were saying earlier, comparing yourself or judging yourself or I'm, I'm taking too long. No, man, take the time 
and enjoy how amazing you are. Yeah, that's really powerful. And it does come down to cultivating that relationship with yourself, you know, because you can't do the work otherwise. If you keep on judging yourself and saying and thinking that it's never going to work, then you will be stuck. And this does require drastic changes of actually plugging out from the noise and spending more time in silence, if if not, or even with yourself in whatever way that brings your heart joy, right? So yeah, that was um, very well articulated. Thank you for that. My final question to you is, what in your view is an epic being? Wow. Oh, I love that question. And it's so funny. I actually have a client and her her word is epic. So we've uh, done... Yeah. So it's been so amazing to watch her work around the word epic and just to support her in that. And so for me, epic is being fully you. Like, like again, for me, epic is joy and vibrancy and purpose. For this particular client, her epic is she she figured out where I helped her see she's an amazing storyteller. She is a God. Mm. She's an amazing storyteller. And she came wow. from this really button down corporate world. And now she's opening up and blossoming into this gift that she took for granted or didn't know that she had. And mm. so being epic is tuning into that unique ability that you have. So it's not what what is epic for a young woman? What is epic for an artist? What It's what is epic when you show up with that unique ability and you really live into it and just create room in your life for that. That's epic. Ooh, that hit home, honestly. Thank you for that beautiful answer. And where would you like people to find you, Ross? Thank you for asking. So you can find me at Roz, that's R-O-Z, Roz Diva Nation, all one word. Um, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, you know, so I'm on the platforms and like the best platform to reach me is if you have a question or you want to connect with me, DM me on Instagram. Um, I'm always, I answer everybody's DMs. I always get Mm -hmm. back. If you leave a comment on my content, I'm going to hit you back. So I am very approachable. So please reach out. I'm happy to be there and share. I appreciate that. Thank you for being here and sharing your magic with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad this worked out. Thank you. And that's the wrap. Thanks so much for tuning in. If this conversation resonated, help spread the value by sharing with a friend and feel free to share your thoughts and comments on Instagram at epic.beings. Also, to stay up to date with weekly episodes, you may want to hit subscribe. Until next time, stay epic.